Hi, I'm Peter Tolan, and this is Vicki Abelson's The Road Taken. Welcome to The Road Taken. Um, hi, hi Facebook, hi Zina TV, hi Louise Palenker. Hi Vicki Abelson, how are you? I'm so glad you're here with me tonight. Yes, and that I know who the F you are. Who the F I am? Yes, <laughs> because um, I've been running a lot of videos on um, social media, who the fuck is Vicki Abelson, um, because nobody knows who the fuck Vicki Abelson is, but you do. Thank it you. Is, it was one of the great unanswered questions, and we're here to address it. <laughs> We're here to address it. Please say hello to our producer, Brant Thoman. Brant Thoman. And please say hello to our associate producer. Wait, I know this. It's Jake. Wait, I'm trying to. Wait, Belcher. Jake, Jake Bandana Belcher. Oh, yay, yay. A picture in there. I love it. I like, I like that hello. Thank you. Now, I've been noticing that when I'm on the microphone, I tend to... Um, Closer to the mic. Oh, I really do need to be closer to the mic. See, I was I was hanging back because I have been, I, I made the mistake of watching like two seconds of the video and I was screaming. I was like craziness. So I have to, I, I want, and I also noticed that when I look at the camera and I do not smile, I am terrifying looking. So I'm going to try to be Stepford and smile like a lunatic because it's, it's nicer, right? Smiling is nice. I, no, it's I just like, creepy. It's, it's creepy. But I also spend the entire show going like this. So, um, but you know. <laughs> well, we could make up a new dance. So the cheating to the camera is crazy. All right. But what I want to talk about is, so I don't know if, uh, if those of you people out there in, in, in Zina TV, Facebook land have had problems with their, with their cell phones, but I have been, ha you know, Mercury's about to go retrograde. We had a full moon lunar eclipse on Monday night. And my phone was doing all this wacky stuff, and I knew they were going to tell me that I had to wipe my phone. Now, I have everything backed up, but when they do it, they don't want you to back up from, from what you've got stored. They want you to do it clean. So I backed up everything I could possibly think of, my photos, my video, everything I could think of so that I wouldn't be traumatized. And then I went in and I said, I've heard this could be a SIM card issue. Could you just check it? They refused. And I should have fought. Because what they did was they wiped my phone and it took 12 hours to put everything back. And I had pictures of what my desktop and everything. And, um, and so what ended up happening is that I lost um, all the voicemails I'd been saving for the last five years. And I also lost um, everything in my ways. Like it came up from like five years ago. So every place I really go wasn't there. And I also lost all my text messages on my phone. Now, I have them on iMessage on my computer. You, but it's not you lost as much as Paul Manafort did that morning. 
when they came in and got all these computers and SIM cards. Well, I'm telling you, it w I was traumatized. And then I realized that the big guy up there isn't trying to punish me. No. So if I lost those voicemails of those romantic things that oh, sweet nothings that men were saying in my ear a couple years ago, I'm not meant to have those anymore. No. It's time to move on. Over. Okay. So I want to get... And uh, if you were staying awake listening to them... Yeah, no, I wasn't doing that, but okay. it was just kind of nice that they were there. I wasn't really listening to them, but I just kind of knew that they were there. I'll and leave I you a romantic message tonight. <laughs> Thank you. I think I had a couple of people that have passed away. I think I had their voice on my, but you know, sometimes, you know, but I, everything I need is, as Jeremy, my life coach reminds me, everything I need is inside me. And so um, everything I need is right here, already here, which means I guess I'm getting late tonight. So, <laughs> well, Peter's married. It's not happening there. Yeah, I'm, okay, so I am, I am over the moon, crazy excited for tonight's show because I'm a lunatic and I have been chasing Peter Tolan for seven years, trying to get him to come to the living room and do Women Who Write. And I have failed at that. But we have succeeded at getting him to the road taken because he's actually in the other room. He's here. I've oh, seen yeah. him. I've he's actually here. met him now. Yeah. And, um, and what's so crazy is that in the last two weeks, I've been in the company of Jeffrey Tambor twice. And Jeffrey You're and Peter... You're stalking him? Now. I am stalking him. And Jeffrey and Peter did the Larry Sanders show together, which I just want to say, for the record... Is there a better comedy that has ever been on television? I don't, I, I don't no. know if there is. No. There, there might be some that are good. that are As good. Maybe almost better. as good, but better, no. no. And, um, and also, the other thing, and, and, and Jeffrey got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, I have to hurry up and get to Peter. Okay, okay. so Peter, not only the Larry Sanders Show, Emmy Award winning, also won an Emmy Award, Murphy Brown, which my manager, Mark Parisa, is was Diane English's manager, agent, which is crazy. We have two degrees all over the place, but he also um, analyzed this, analyzed that. Okay, Peter, but rescue me. In the top five of my shows of all time, mm -hmm. I'm a sober girl, and for and I was there at 9-11 in New York, so it, it has so much meaning to me all over the place. But we also have two degrees... Um, because analyze this and analyze that, Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal, and I've got stuff with both of those guys. Well, <laughs> yeah, but not like were Peter those does. Those the voicemails that died. <laughs> those were not the voicemails. Oh, that but is. Peter sad. also did Stealing Harvard with Tom Green in 2002, which is exactly when my husband was the head writer producer of the new Tom Green show. So Peter's been we, the, the, all over the place, um, except in my life. But that all changes. Um, tonight and, and he walks I'm, into this studio and he right walks into the studio tonight. and also the other thing wait I'm gonna forget the name of it again but Peter ha has been um, it, it is working on the Norman Lear show and um, guess who died and it just so happens that two years ago in the living room at women who write Norman Lear talked about guess who died and the fact that it was his passion project and he couldn't get it made but Peter is working on it with him and my guess is they're going to get it made. Two powerhouses, they're going to get it made. I'm excited about it. I love Norman. I love Peter. I love Gary. I miss Gary. And what I also didn't say before was Gary mentored me through my first three Huffington Post pieces on my pilot pitch for Hey Vicky. Um, I miss him like crazy. Um, I actually reached out to Peter and sent him a condolence uh, a, a few minutes after I found out Gary had passed, and he wrote me back immediately. He is a mensch. He is a good man, and he was in his own stuff but tonight we talk about happy things and so we're about to go to break and we're going to come back with peter tolan so no flipping 
That's what <laughs> used to say. No flipping. No, he didn't say flipping. He said flipping. No flipping. Be right back. <laughs> Jason Stewart here for Zinna TV. On the show Absolutely Jason Stewart every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Big guests, everyone from the gayest to gay to the straightest to straight. David, uh, oh, what was his name? He's absolutely Jason. He's absolutely gay. He'll absolutely brighten up. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Hello. <laughs> I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Sex drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God, oh yes! She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians, sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out, in, in a good way, not not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was gonna be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? And we're back, and we are back with Peter Tolan, who I have waited seven years to meet. Well, longer, because I've been a fan forever. My Lord. I'm like, I'm like really the, the locusts. Yeah. Every seven years. So it's <laughs> another seven years before I'll be here. But again. that was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, Day of the Locust. A horrifying you know, I've movie. I've never seen it. <gasps> it's, a it's a brilliant movie. You know, if they had Day of the Dolphin and Day of the Locust, or Night of the Locust, then they could... <laughs> The dolphins could eat the locusts, then there really wouldn't be much of a move. Every and 120 then, okay. years, it's the same day. <laughs> there you go. It's like Groundhog Day. Okay, it's like Groundhog Day. So Peter just came from a meeting where uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but he was with Norman Lear, yeah. our beloved Norman Lear. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that project that you're doing, that you're working uh, on. Well, first of all, I think about eight, six to eight years ago, and this one, when Norman was a young man of 88, <laughs> uh, he wrote a, a, a script called Guess Who Died? which is about people living in a retirement, you know, a 55 and In old Florida, age. right? Isn't it in Florida? It, it, it was may, then. It may have been Florida. It's, yeah. It sort of moved. It might okay. be California, the desert, or something like that. Okay. And uh, and I didn't. I had met him before because we they, they, uh, they were talking about rebooting All in the Family. And I said, well, that's, that's really a bad idea. Oh. But I want to meet Norman. Yeah. <laughs> so I took the meeting. You know, and, You're and, scaring and, me. They're not rebooting All in the no, Family. No, no. Okay. Because one day at a time is pretty... It's wonderful it's yeah very mm -hmm. different though, yes obviously, it's but, very different but very good yes and uh i i really went and said i i think it's a bad idea but i just wanted to meet you and we really hit it off from that point on and i'd say about six months later sony where i have a deal said 
we have this script that Norman wrote. Um, would you, <clears throat> you know, work on it with him? Which is daunting. I mean, it's very daunting, you know. So I said, For you? I, oh, well, I'm scared. I mean, he's, he, look at I know, he's Norman Lear. I told him a story mm -hmm. that I don't, I don't even think I remembered it <laughs> until I met him. When I was a kid, maybe 13, 12, 13, 14, something like that, my parents, one year for my birthday or Christmas or whatever, they gave me a cassette player. And this I is back a long time ago. So Hell it was yeah. Big, you know, yeah. Like that. And it was lime green. I remember that. <laughs> now, how I didn't, why I didn't figure out I was ever going to be a comedy writer, what I did with that was I taped episodes of All in the Family and MASH and would listen to them as I went to sleep. Oh, wow. And it was because, and I know why, because I found the laughs comforting. Oh, and wow. The, and the rhythm of them. And so I told Norman that story. I said, this is, this is the influence that you've had on. Oh my gosh! And so I really don't. I really don't want to. I really don't. But you, but you really do because, like, my I, Mike Royce is a friend, and he's done. He's done the show, and and yeah. uh, and doing one day. He does one day at a time with Norman, and yeah. and uh, Norman, from what I understand, could not be a more supportive collaborator great. in the world. Right? Absolutely great. Yeah. But it's daunting because yeah. it's an idol. Of course. And so I said to him. W w I don't want to step on your toes. Just tell me what you want. He said, I want to be at the table read next week. So I said, okay, I can maybe do that. And I said, what? I said, tell me what you don't want me to cut or change because I'm going to do a lot of work. Right. And he told me and mm -hmm. that started it. And it's, it was really great. Really, it's been a great thing. And he's, I mean, he's, you could say like he's a mensch, but he's beyond a mensch. He is I mean, beyond a mensch. He is the sweetest man. Like I would randomly get like an email that said, just said, I am so lucky to be working with you. To me, oh. he says this. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love him more. I know. I love him more. Can you leave Vicky a voicemail? I probably. <laughs> I'll tell him. Would you? I've, I've been, I've been, he's been ignoring my emails, asking him to be on this show. So uh, maybe maybe you'll go back and put in a good word for us. Uh, I hear your phone's beeping, Peter. Is it mine? It's your phone. Is it Norman? Your phone. I want no, to talk is, to is Norman. If it's Norman, we'll, we'll take the call. I want him to call. leave me a voicemail. It's not. Oh, it's my it, it's my iPad. It's your, oh, your iPad. iPad is calling you. That's the world's <laughs> no, largest very, phone. I'm very modern. That'll be awkward to hold up and to your so ear. so when I do these pitches, because yes. I did two today, ah. I do them with the I, I read them off the iPad. Oh. Well, very wise. But the thing is on. Yeah, and it's clearly on. Clearly, my popularity has not waned. Well, you have an industrial iPad. <laughs> and it's Norman. Look at the size of that. I see. I know, and it's this probably is all my, no, it's my Can you read okay. us a supportive message from Norman Lear? We oh. just want to live vicariously <laughs> through you know your what? messages. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I, first of all, obviously, I don't know how to turn the... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it, it takes your thumbprint. Look, do you really want me to do that? I do. All right, it's going to take... It, you, Talk among yourself. All right, all right. All right so, so while while you're finding one, I have I, to go I, into my email. All right. While, <laughs> while, when you find one to read to us, this is the best TV show. I want to talk to you about Jeffrey for a minute. Okay. So I saw Jeffrey the last couple of weeks in a row, and so when I saw him on Monday night, and yeah. you know, I, I had been asking him to come and surprise you. Okay. Um, here tonight, and he's shooting Arrested Development and couldn't do that. So, um, but he said, "Watch and wait." I forgot something with a Asher Kingsley. What, what the name of the yes. episode? He uh, tells me this my, is my. My name is Ashley. My Kingsley. name is Ashley Ki yeah. Ashley Kingsley, and he says Asher, and he says this this is Peter wrote this. This is my favorite episode. So I go, I tell you, I write to Peter and I tell him this, and then I go to YouTube to watch it. it doesn't say Peter Tolan on. Did you write it? Yeah. Okay, good, because it said it said uh, concept. It said it didn't say your name on that episode. You, you may have had the wrong episode. No, I watched clearly no, I, my name. I watched that one. It was hysterical. Yeah. It was hysterical. It was fantastic. Um. 
But yeah. anyway, um, uh, yeah, maybe it, may, YouTube was playing with me last night. Well, Mercury's going so. retrograde. It was wicked I, weird. Yeah, I'm, I hear you. But Sister. anyway, uh, <laughs> she likes to blame things on I know, that. Yeah. And, it's, and then I never say, Vicky, um, I think that's a, a load of bull. Well, come because on. I want to be a supportive. I go, Thank yes, you. it is. Yes, it's it sure is. I was okay, going to say, right, now retrograde. I feel like there's too much to talk about. So did you hear what I was saying in there that... Tom Green, that my ex yeah. was working with Tom Green right when you guys finished that movie, Stealing Harvard. It's so Harvard. funny because you're the only person... In that saw it? That, that's, <laughs> no. Yeah, that saw it or has ever mentioned it again. <laughs> you know, it's the weird thing about, you know, if you work long enough, somebody comes out of the woodwork and they go, do you know what my favorite movie is? And you're waiting to hear one of the... They, Analyze they go, this. And yeah. they go, blah. And you go, what? Stealing what? Harvard. Well, yeah. if nobody said Stealing Harvard. <laughs> maybe somebody had. Maybe one person had. But it was... Uh, yeah. Well, that's exactly when I met Tom, and it's when Gabe was working with him. So it was just very strange timing. But also, okay, so I'm going to go through my two degrees with you. So okay. Billy Crystal, analyze yeah. this, analyze yeah. that. Um, I was on the very first sketch that he did, Buddy Young Jr., Mr. Saturday Night. Yeah. I turned that off um, with him in that. On Saturday Night Live. On Saturday Night Live. Okay. And then um, Robert De Niro, my oldest friend, Drew Niporent, owns Tribeca yes, Grill right. in Nobu. And so yep. connected th to him through that. Yeah. Um, who else? And then Mark Pariser, my manager, was Diane English's agent yeah. when she did Murphy Brown. He made that deal. Oh, yeah. And me for you on Murphy Brown. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, you know, okay. So, but now I want to talk about Rescue Me because okay. I... I Rescue me is like the shit for me. <laughs> um, I'm a sober girl. Okay. I was there 9-11. Yeah. We were supposed to be on a plane on an American Airlines 727, 37, on our way to the Emmys because Gabe was nominated for Letterman that year. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get to get on that plane because the yeah. towers came down. Right. Um, and so we spent the next couple of days visiting fire stations mm -hmm. and um, thanking the firemen. Yeah. So when Rescue Me came out, I was I was sober at that. I had just gotten sober, and so that show for me, a, a, a huge Dennis Leary fan. Anyway, I adore Jack McGee. He was just here a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. so it had all of that going on for it. But the way you guys dealt see now you're you're having some wine. But the yeah. way you guys dealt with sobriety, somebody 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 up there knows something because. Yeah. My favorite scene, I'm going to stop talking in a minute, but my favorite scene, my, you guys handled addiction and recovery and program like with a reality that I have never seen even close to anywhere else. My favorite scene in Rescue Me, one of them, one of many, uh, Dennis calls his sponsor and he's looking in a bar window and he calls his sponsor so that he won't go in the bar. Yeah. And his sponsor talks him off the ledge yeah. and then they hang up and the camera pulls back, and the sponsor is standing in front of a bar. Mm -hmm. And that is exact, that is program, that is sobriety in a nutshell. Yeah. And yeah. how we stay sober. It's one addict helping another. But mm -hmm. um, how did you guys write, how, how, how do you drinking people know this? Well, you know, look, uh, obviously Rescue Me was a, uh, I have come to realize years later that Rescue Me was a really un unusual show yes. in that it, it actually used that incident as a starting point and and yet was a funny show so funny and and so that's uh either stupid or just audacious i know i'm not sure it's the best that you would do that mm -hmm. and so <laughs> we approached everything in the show with a reverence and an irreverence at the same time so that everything is everything is is 
a possibility for humor, including the program, Absolutely. including sobriety, the failure of it, and everything like that. Now, I don't, I, I don't, I've never had a drinking problem. I'm a very bad drinker. I just, <laughs> I, it started late. I'm ca- trying to catch up. You're a normie, in other words. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But I'm, uh, but I know about addiction through other things, through gambling and things ah, like okay. that. So I've had my thing. Okay. You know, I, I so I understand how it works and how failing works and trying to get back on it and support and, all and that. obsession and all of and, it all of it okay all of that because yeah, yeah. i'm addicted to many because love food i mean you know all yeah. kinds of things sure. uh, marijuana i mean my my <laughs> stuff is all over the place yeah. and so you know and there are things that are easier to to control yeah. um even though it's all an illusion of control but uh you know we have to eat yeah. So a food, having food issues is a problem because we have sure. to eat. I don't have to smoke pot every day. I really yeah. liked it for 40-something years, <laughs> but I don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, but food is something we have to do. Um, so all of that becomes really, really tricky. Um, but anyway, I, I, I thank you for rescuing me. I, I miss it. I adored it. And, and then also just the whole thing with the firefighters in 9-11 and how people were impacted by that. And I write about how it impacted my life in very profound ways uh, that day. Um, I'm actually trying to date a firefighter. Currently, <laughs> we matched on Bumble. Well, that came I, out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I, 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 I a lot of information. I, well, I got to tell you, I've never, I've always been so in awe of their bravery. Who runs into fire? Who says I, I want to run into firemen? Fire. I know it's, it's in the very, job description. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's very, what they do. Yeah, it's a very specific person. Uh, you have to be careful in a relationship because that person is something of a of a, an adrenaline junkie and you know wow yeah. he's good so there's yeah. that yeah. be careful that's all uh, i'm saying yeah well <laughs> I, I, there's something so brave about it and and yeah, uh just definitely. so incredibly and also uh uh w- thank you and there's something we have two minutes till the, there's also something so um the, the social consciousness of somebody who chooses to put their life on the line for strangers at any given time blows me away but i uh, we're going to talk about uh, about gary after the break because we don't have enough time before and he's a big thing Mm -hmm. but we i also want to talk about when did you know you wanted what's the first thing you wanted to be when you grew up you really want to know i really want to know okay either the president Mm -hmm. we could use that right now i I could jump in at any point sure please now now I, i didn't think i could do it but clearly anybody can do it a chimp can do it so we're seeing that uh but uh or i wanted to be a news anchor Oh, me, you me. have an anchory face and you voice. You yeah. I can do it. Good you evening. have a very uh, Ken- Kennedy-esque thing I, going on. Yeah. Here's the news. Oh, the news of wildfire claimed the young. Ooh, there was a great. <laughs> there was a comic who did that great like transition. It was I don't forget who it was. George Garland or somebody who would do the thing. Uh, yeah, it was George. I think they were killed in the early morning blaze, and the Rangers are on fire. <laughs> and here, you know, the bad transition. It's always a great joke. Of course, I've got the wrong comedian. I'm from. It's, no, I, that might have been George. And so, yeah. at what point did you say, okay, I, I know you were listening to All in the Family and Mash. At, at what point did you say, I, I want to write, I want to do this? Oh, I don't know. I, I want to do it. You know, somebody asked me recently. Uh, I went to Chicago to do this thing for the Harold Ramis Film School. They started a school in his name Aww. at Second City. And they said, When's the first time you thought you were funny? And I said something about high school, but I forgot that it was in sixth grade. Oh. And a friend. It was we were doing current events, and my yeah. friend forgot his current event. And our teacher was very stern. You know, he's a red-faced, scary guy. Where'd you and grow up? 
in Situate, Massachusetts, but you have to break, so I'll tell you later. Okay, all right. We're going to come back to this story. It's gripping. Oh, I <laughs> oh yeah. I'm ready to be gripped by a fireman mm -hmm. or somebody who will rescue me. Either will do. All right. So, so what I want to talk about now, um, I don't know if you guys know this. Um, we I have to go to know, break. No, but this is the break okay. because we're doing Oh, yeah, we're doing a live break. Right. This we're is exciting, doing, you guys. We're wow. doing our own we're commercial break. Our, we're, we're doing our first live break. to be part break. of this. Oh, we're going to come back, so we'll be back in a minute. Something to look forward to. Self-love is a fundamental component of me that I... Hello. <laughs> I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Sex drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Not my mother, Andy Stone's mother. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh my God, oh yes! She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians, sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out, in, in a good way, not not like Cosby. Too soon? Don't jump. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, and my fucking mother. Damn, that was gonna be the name of my book. Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? So for those of you who don't know, like there's anybody who doesn't know anything about me, like everybody in the world, who the fuck is Vicki Abelson? Um, every Tuesday night at the Whiskey A Go-Go on Sunset Boulevard, they do the ultimate jam night. And I used to do something like this in New York, a pro jam. I mean, this past Tuesday, Dee Snyder, Twisted Sister, was there. What? Yes. And next week, they're doing a tribute to Woodstock. If you get, if you're in L.A., and if you get there at about 8 o'clock, you can get in, hopefully, and it's free. There's no cover. But if you're not in L.A. or you don't get in, you can watch it on Zina TV. That's a magical thing right there. And so you're going to see the greatest players, players from Guns N' Roses, from, from Quiet Riot, playing every week. Brant is there. Brant, are you there? Brant's there. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. And um, greatest players, you can watch it on Zina TV. Or you can come down to the Whiskey A Go-Go, which, by the way, I was there for the first time to see the Ultimate Jam Night, and that is one cool club. I know New York clubs. I didn't know L.A. clubs. Love the Whiskey A Go-Go. It's small. It's intimate. It's fantastic. So I can't recommend it highly enough. And I'm, I think I'm going to go check out that Woodstock. It's historic. Thing. You need it's to take a selfie at the Whiskey, and Brant will take a selfie with you. Oh, ooh. Louise is offering him up. Yep. Anyway, so Tuesday night. Woodstock Tribute, Whiskey A Go, 8 p.m. on Zina TV. All right. So now we are coming back. We're right back. We are right back. We are. Oh okay. So now we, we need the story, Peter. I, uh, we had current events in sixth grade in Mr. Burns' class. And my friend, my best friend, forgot his current You're younger event. than me, by the way. I just turned 59. I'm going to be 62. You look good, kid. <laughs> you look, I'm, I've gone right to hell, but you're okay. <laughs> But I, my friend, and I wanted to cover for my friend because this guy, he was mean, you know. And I said, he said, I said, I'll do it. 
And he said, well, did you bring anything in? And I said, no. I'll make it up. Wow. Can you imagine the balls? And I was in sixth grade, so I didn't even have balls. But I imagine <laughs> the balls to do that. And I got up in front of the class, and I improvised the news. Get out of here. Did you know what the news was? Who knew? I knew I knew that Vietnam was happening, mm-hmm. That's and that right. was one of the things I talked about, and whatever. Anyway, I killed. Were you were you good in history, or were you no, just, no, 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 I, you were just, I, no? I, I gotta, he's a good I, I bullshitter. I have to get close to the okay. mic. I don't know how close I can get. I'll be behind oh, he's it. talking about me. Oh, okay. Vicky's right. the only one in trouble today. That's what today. he said, yeah. Okay, so I do that all the time. It's so, obnoxious. I killed. Not only, and within a matter of weeks, I swear, not only were we not doing current <laughs> events anymore, I was getting up and doing this thing. He started to bring in other classrooms to watch me do it. Stop! Stop! This is crazy really? story. Yeah, it all came back to me in the court in thinking about the fact that I had answered this question incorrectly, and and I thought, wow, how did I not know? Okay, that's I just, improvisation. That is improv in sixth grade. That is improv, and I did not know until today when I did a little research that you actually had a comedy team. That yes, you were a, yes. one half of a comedy team. Yep. Tell me her name. She's a show. She's Linda Wall. Nurse Jackie, right? Yeah, she had. She was the showrunner on Nurse Jackie for many years, and she's now married to Melissa Etheridge. So this I don't know horrific. that she's working. She's okay. So now tell me, uh, what did you guys do? What, what did you guys do when you were a comedy duo? This is we. Uh, I this woman. I I met Linda in Minneapolis because I flunked out of college. And, oh come on, stop. Oh yeah. And I got a job offer at a theater in Minneapolis. So I, at a certain point, went to Minneapolis, arrived there, really like a movie. It's raining, and I've got two suitcases. And I found out that my job was to be the janitor in the theater. So that was a, a, bit, of a, a bit of a surprise. What did you think you were going to do? Act? Uh, yeah, any, anything. So who knew? You know, I was going to do <laughs> great things. But I was the janitor. And, wow. And, uh, and I did that for about a month as I learned how to get around Minneapolis. And then I quit, got another job. But they knew that I could play the piano, and I became the music director, and so forth, and then eventually ended up in the resident company of this theater, which was called Dudley Riggs Brave New Workshop, which has been in Minneapolis forever. Okay. It's like the second city of Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Then I started to do my own shows. Dudley Riggs had another theater across town near the University of Minnesota. I uh, had auditions, and Linda came in. She was a student at the U of M. And we really hit it off. We, she was in the first show. She was in the second show. We did a two-person show, all this stuff. Years later, I moved to New York. And then I got, went to Boston to do a theater thing. And I said, do you want to come to Boston and do this with me? Because I knew we had the same comic So wait, are you doing stand-up at this time? Or are you doing acting? Sketch. Are you, you're it's, doing it's, sketch. Th- this stuff was all sketch. Okay. You know, I did a little stand-up so you were ri- So you were writing? Yeah, and music, oh. songs, and things. So it was really like review material. Nice. Okay. So she says, okay, so we go to Boston, and the theater thing there goes bad, like, immediately. We realize our sensibility is not right for it, so we quit. And now we're like, oh, we're in Boston. What are we going to do? All right, we'll become a comedy team. We somehow hooked up a a space, started to do a show. It was extremely well-reviewed. We looked at each other and thought, why are we doing it here? We went (laughs) to New York. Nice. So I went to New York, and then we started appearing in all the clubs, you know, like. So you were doing the comic strip, Catch a Rising Star, that. Not kind of comedy thing? clubs. We're doing cabarets. We're oh. doing like Don't Tell Mama, and oh, back oh. then Broadway Baby, and right. 88s. They're all gone now, except for the, in the duplex. What was the name of the comedy team? Wallam and Tolan. Very. Uh, Wallam and Tolan. You got to say that five times. Yeah, Can exactly. we find that on YouTube? You might be able to. Ah. I have all the tapes. So oh, you do? It's pretty interesting to see. see. How do you play those tapes? I, I have to send away in a box, apparently, <laughs> and get someone to put them on. Uh, there I, you go. That's a project for 
whatever. So that happened for a number of years. And in fact, we eventually um, performed off-Broadway. The show ran for like four months off-Broadway. Wow. Um, and then it was like, well, that's not where that... So I moved out here, started Okay, doing so television. now how do you transition from having in front of the camera, it's not a camera, but on stage, now you become a full-time writer. What, 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 what made that transition happen? Well, remember, I was, I was appearing on stage, and as a kid, I, I think, definitely by the time I got to high school, I thought, well, I'm going to be an actor, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and for my little town in Massachusetts, situate Massachusetts, I was really a great actor. Yay! <laughs> but when I get out into the world, I was not so great. <laughs> and I, when we were doing the show off several times I got reviews that said, he would make a good host. Oh, That's not a good review. Oh, all right. It's not a good review for, <laughs> for an actor, but it's not a, a bad review for a host. For a host. Tom Bergeron would like that. Exactly. <laughs> I would make a good host. So, um, And I've never gotten work as a host. That's the other weird mm. thing. So apparently okay. that not even that is true. Or, or a newscaster, I'm guessing. Good evening. <laughs> no. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it was it was relatively easy. In fact, I liked not having to act. Okay. So what's the first writing gig you get? I just was thinking about this. Oddly enough, I would say, you know, normally you'd say, oh, it was Murphy Brown because I was married to my first wife at the time. We lived in a small apartment in Brooklyn Heights, and it was small enough that anytime the TV was on, everybody watched it because you you could hear it no matter where you it's only two rooms <laughs> and she watched back then uh-huh. monday nights on cbs so that was murphy brown designing women a couple other shows i can't right. remember now and i just i was spoiled because i was like well i'm gonna go to i'm gonna do this i'm gonna write a spec script i don't really what, watch what provo- television what provoked that the, I, the comedy team thing was only had only gotten to a certain point it wasn't gonna you know we weren't gonna become nichols and may or anything so i I said, all right, what am I going to write for a spec script? Now, I had written plays. Oh. I had had plays produced in New York, so I already had people coming, producers Pro- from produ- Hollywood saying... where? Uh, there was a theater that's defunct now called Manhattan Punchline. My remember ex, that? My ex taught there. That's where, the, where we met. Okay. Wow. Okay, I took comedy so, so there. So Steve Kaplan. Yeah, I know, you know Steve Kaplan. Steve had this theater. And uh, they did an annual festival of one-act comedies. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought, I can do one act. That's not daunting, right? I can write a one-act comedy. So I did. I put it in. They did it. And they did one of my Aww. plays every year for the next four years. One nice. was a musical, but one, you know, whatever. And they got reviewed in the Times. So wow. from that, these Hollywood people said, oh, you should be. What they said was, you're very glib. You should. <laughs> I wish that's not true, but that's what he said. You're very glib. You should be writing for television. So at a certain point, I said, that's what I'm going to do. I was, I was closing in on 30 and making all that money in the theater, you know, come on. Yeah. So I... Yeah, I, w- were you able to pay that rent in Brooklyn Heights? Just barely. Barely, well, I, had yeah. a, I had a real job, too. Oh. So okay. I said... Uh, Wait, what was the real job? Uh, advertising, copywriter. Ah, uh, yeah, you'd oh. be good at Worked that. Worked for a great guy. So okay. had a small Madison Avenue thing. Ah, uh, so you were making good money. No, no, no. No, it was not... Uh, it was nothing to, you know, nothing to rave about, but it was enough to keep it the dog and food and all that. Okay. So, uh... So I, I, and I was just getting too old to be a failure. You know, my in-laws <laughs> were sort of like going, we knew, we knew it was going to end this way. So I, uh, I, I hope my mother's not watching this show. <laughs> so I, I just said, what do, what, what would I want to, I don't know television. What would I want? And I said, Murphy Brown, it seems very smart. And I feel 
a witty writer. So I, I you were I, glib. I was were glib, glib. <laughs> exactly. And so I said that suits my talent, and I and I think I understand the characters and everything like that. And but I don't. You have to write something else if you want to write for Murphy y- Brown. Mm. Yes, yeah. but it was the only show I knew. So I foolishly, you, you're, uh, you're exactly right. Nobody uh, remembers this. Okay. I always have to bring up the fact that you're not supposed to write the thing for the thing you want to work on. Right. You, were the exce- you were the exception exactly. to that. Exactly. Oh wow. So I wrote it, and I kept saying to my agents, because I had agents from the act. Oh. So I was lucky. I okay. had agents. And but that, are they literary agents, or are they performance agents? Or they, they do everything? They did everything. But they oh. said, I said, I want to do television. They were like, oh, finally, money. <laughs> so so they, uh, they, I said, I'm going to write this Murphy Brown. I would say to them, has Diane English read it yet? They go, you're not going to get hired on Murphy Brown. You don't get hired on the thing. I kept pushing. I'm hondling, I'm honking them all the time. Like, <laughs> what's with the, what is it? Is she, has she read it yet? <laughs> Finally, they call me. Go, you're not going to believe it. She read it. She wants to hire you. I wow. love this story. But it was early. It was probably the second, second year going into the third of Murphy Brown. Get a contract dispute with Warners. And she said, I'm having a contract dispute. Believe me, it's going to work out, but I can't hire you because I can't give the I cannot give the impression I'm going to continue to work on the show. Oh. So you'll just have to wait. Well, I'd moved and I had a big dog and no money coming in, and I I kept calling her, and I finally said I have to take another job. Oh. So technically, although I took that other job, I did write two episodes of Murphy Brown during the third season while I was not on staff, which is another weird thing. Wow. Did you so, get paid for it? You got paid. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And credit and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. And I worked with Carol Burnett. 